Good morning. Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I rejoice being with all of you here for worship at Naples United Church of Christ, and I rejoice connecting with those who are connecting with us uh, online, especially uh, the communities here in Naples like Bentley Village and Arbor Trace who are worshiping with us today. My name is Mark Williams and I'm the senior minister here at Naples UCC and I am joined by our minister of congregational care, Angela Wellsbean. Good morning. I think as I was gone last week, people were a little worried that I wasn't coming back, but I am back. I, was, I just took a short vacation, no worries. Um, but I echo Mark's welcome. We are thrilled to have you worshiping with us both in person and online. We know there are so many different things you could be doing with your Sunday morning, and it is really a privilege to have you here. I'd just like to quickly ask you to register your attendance with us. So if you're in the sanctuary, if you could grab those blue attendance pads at the end of your pews and take a minute to fill it out, we'd appreciate it. Go ahead and put your contact information in there. We want to make sure our database is accurate. And if you are worshiping with us remotely, write your name in the comment section of the chat and tell us where you are this morning, where you're worshiping from. And while you're there, you can click on a link which will bring up a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with our service order. In recent weeks, I have enjoyed getting to know so many of you in our Meet Up with Mark sessions. These are opportunities for you to share back with me your personal story, your faith journey, your hopes and dreams for Naples UCC. We have more of those sessions that have been scheduled for later this month as well as for October. If you have not yet signed up, be sure to do so in the gathering place following worship today as I have just really loved connecting with all who have signed up for Meetups with Mark, and I'm looking forward to getting to know even more of you. And if you're remote and you think you're missing your chance to meet with Mark, you are not. We're going to have more opportunities later in the fall and into 2024 because we know there are folks who don't come back till the new year. So ample opportunity to get together with Mark. Don't worry, you're not missing out. Um, But if you're here in Naples, I hope that you have no plans on Thursday because we have plenty for you to do. On Thursday morning, starting at 10 a.m., you can be part of our Golfing for Fun outing, and that's at 10 o'clock. And if you're interested in participating in that, you can contact John Ballou. I'm looking for him. There he is. He's sitting back there. Uh, So that's starting at 10 a.m. on Thursday. And then that afternoon, Thursday at 4 o'clock, we're having dinner and a movie. The movie is here on campus. We're going to watch it in Beverly Hall and then all go out to dinner together. And there are more details in your bulletin. And I remiss to say that I don't know what the movie is or where the dinner is. But you can look in your bulletin and I'm sure (laughs) that it's wonderful. So that's Thursday. Golf is in the morning and dinner and a movie is in the afternoon. Two great opportunities to connect with one another. I won't be playing golf this coming Thursday, Angela, because if the congregation knew just how scary my short game is, they would uh, certainly be be fearful of of that experience. (laughs) But I am looking forward to future golf events, and I'm looking forward to being with all following worship today who might be prospective uh, new members of this church. 
We're hosting a prospective new member luncheon in Nelson Hall immediately following worship today. And if you're here and present and you're interested in formally uniting with the church, perhaps eventually, Angela and I and the Membership and Growth Committee would love to have you for lunch. That's right. Right after church in Nelson Hall, which is the building across from the gathering place. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Each one of us is different. We are all unique individuals, and we come from various backgrounds. We come to worship with differing needs and differing dreams, yet God calls us to worship in unity. When we experience true unity, we encounter a glimpse of the divine. So come, let us worship our God who blesses our unity amid our diversity. Will you unite your hearts and voices with mine in an invocation printed in our bulletins? Uniting God, St. Augustine said, in essentials unity. This morning we remember that diversity is a beautiful manifestation of your creative hand at work, but that we are unified through our calling to share your love with the world. Be with us in our worship as we recommit ourselves to your unifying love, a love which transcends all our differences. Amen. Good morning. I'm Jeannie Snedeker. I'm the Interim Director of Christian Education, and I'd like to invite our children forward. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we are members of the United Church of Christ. We are a united and uniting church. Our faith is informed by the Gospel of John in which Jesus prays for the day that we are all united as one just as he is united with you. We know that unity of mind and spirit are a blessing, which allow us to move through this world as the unified body of Christ. But the thing is, you created us with all this incredible diversity. Our opinions, our values, our perspectives, our theologies, they're all informed by our lived experiences, and we've each had such different lives. We agree about the teachings of Jesus that we are called to care for those who are suffering, but we have so many different ideas about how to do that. You call us to partner with you in bringing about your realm on earth as it is in heaven, but we have infinite ideas about how to get there, and our differing opinions stifle our progress. We ask you to be with us in this hour, still our hearts and our minds, Help us to refocus on you and your will for us. As we draw closer to you, we pray that we might draw closer to one another and may even experience moments of your holy unity. Although we have ample differences, we have plenty in common. We all know what it means to love and lose someone. We all know what it means to worry about our health or the health of someone we care about. And we all care. We care about our children and the state of the world we're handing off to them. 
We care about our siblings here and around the world, especially in Hawaii, all who are suffering from the effects of natural disasters. And we all care about this congregation, that we might be able to offer your love and compassion to one another and the wider community. Hear our prayers this morning as we call to mind those things which are heavy on our hearts. And while we all know what it means to experience pain, we all experience your blessings as well. We thank you for the joy you bestow upon our lives. This joy can unify us if only we remember to say thank you. So thank you, abundant God. Thank you for our homes, our families, our health, our access to medical care. Thank you for the food on the table and the beautiful earth you have entrusted to our care. Thank you. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus, the risen Christ, who unified his followers by teaching them to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning is Psalm 133, and you're invited to follow along in your bulletins if you'd like as the text is printed in them. Hear these words. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for that is where God bestows the blessing, life that never ends. May God bless our modern hearing of these ancient words. Many moons ago now, at a former church, I found myself scheduled to be delivering the children's message on Sunday morning. It was 9.41 a.m., 19 minutes before the service would start, and I realized that I forgot my prop in the car. So I went racing out into the church parking lot to retrieve my prop. I retrieved it, and as I was briskly walking back toward the sanctuary, I stopped dead in my tracks. I could not believe what I was seeing. Three cars in a row parked side by side. One car with a bumper sticker advocating for Howard Dean, former governor of Vermont, 
a car in between, and then another car with a bumper sticker advocating for Mike Huckabee, former governor of Arkansas, liberal and conservative. And I just in that moment humorously whispered, God bless whoever parked in between those two people. For a moment, just for a moment, I just was feeling like it was out of this world, this precious goodness, that the drivers of those two cars could have been sharing the same pew. It was a communion Sunday, could have been eating from the same loaf, could have been praying for the same person on the prayer list. It was truly extraordinary, if but just for an hour, to consider those two people living together in unity. But perhaps, just perhaps, I shouldn't have been surprised that it was out of this world, for unity is heavenly. We walk into our scripture passage and we learn just that from King David. King David in Psalm 133, King David, who is largely responsible for unifying the nation of Israel, said that whenever God's family lived together in unity, it was preciously good. And it was there when God's people lived together in unity in that space that more heaven would come to earth. If that sounds odd, strange, unusual to you, it is because we indeed live where unity is a concept that is out of this world, especially in our society. Politics, you're either red or blue, and it's all just become a zero-sum game. The media particularly polarizing. Even the practical stuff nowadays, the clothing that we wear, the beverage that we decide to drink or not to drink, the amusement park we decide to attend or not to attend. Once upon a time, these were just neutral generalities, but now these uh, things have become really and truly positions. We live in a world that is truly otherized from one another. And my sense is that all of these differences, all of this divisiveness has unfortunately seeped into the life of the worldwide church. I recall earlier this summer vacationing in the mountains of North Carolina in a very rural area, and we were driving and weaving the minivan through the mountains. And one of my children in the back seat asked, Dad, why are there nine churches in this town in only one gas station? My answer back was heartbreaking, and my sense is that God's heart broke as well. The answer, of course, is that we are human, broken. But perhaps, just perhaps, God moving in and through each one of us, unity can come. And when it does come, heaven really can come to earth. That's part of what I learn about the way in which this psalm, Psalm 133, the trajectory of it goes. For when you think about the two rich metaphors that David uses to talk about unity, they have this in common. 
it says that unity starts at the top and flows down from God in heaven. Unity is like precious oil poured on top of some hair dripping on Aaron's beard. Unity is like the snow on Mount Hermon coming down to Mount Zion. If unity is going to come, what if it's not just going to come through our own human power? What if mysteriously and divinely it can come from God? Have you ever had one of those experiences in your own life? where you sought unity with someone as part of the family of God who was fundamentally different from you, and in that moment it just felt like it was out of this world that heaven came to earth? Another time in my life where this happened, I recall at a former church in San Antonio, Texas, we uh, as clergy would go from every month or so, and we would lead a a communion worship service uh, in a a Catholic-affiliated assisted living facility. And there as part of this assisted living facility was Sister Mary Ellen. She used to always attend these worship services that we did. And do you know one afternoon I bumped into her at the grocery store? And I was a little scared to talk to her. She was wearing the traditional black and white uh, habit, and she was uh, a nun, and I wasn't talking with her much. And then finally, she just walked up to me, and she said, you know, I do talk. (laughs) And Sister Mary Ellen invited me to her office prior to the next communion service. So I decided I would get to know her a little bit, and we had a truly marvelous conversation. I learned about her dedication to the faith, I learned that she liked Texas barbecue, and I did too. And I also learned that she appreciated baseball, and I did too. And as we talked together, it was interesting. I moved out of her office to go and lead that worship service. And that black and white that she was wearing, it turned beautifully gray. And in that moment, heaven came to earth for me. Reminds me of that great Quaker saying, The only enemies that we have are the people whose stories we have not heard. This past summer, I recalled that I was staying at a Marriott hotel. And, you know, sometimes when you're in a hotel, there's one of those leather binders with information about the hotel. And the hotel in the leather binder was doing a biographical piece about J.W. Marriott, the founder, of course, of the Marriott chain. And I was reading this piece uh, inside the leather binder, and I recall the story that I heard from uh, Grant Wacker, who is previously the professor of uh, American Christianity at Duke Divinity School. And it's the story that he tells, little-known story, actually, about Billy Graham, the fiery evangelical crusade preacher, and his unlikely experience with J.W. Marriott. J.W. Marriott, if you're unaware, was a Mormon. And Billy Graham's advisors encouraged him, as did his followers, to not make friends with the guy. But Billy Graham really wanted to get to know him, turned on his followers and his advisors, and decided to eat lunch one day with J.W. Marriott. The rest, you might say, is history. The men struck up an amazing friendship. And when Billy Graham traveled all over the world, he actually stayed in Marriott's. In 1982, at the Massachusetts State Prayer Breakfast, Billy Graham announced J.W. Marriott, the Mormon, as one of his best friends over the course of his entire life when he was willing to sit down and eat lunch. 
Unity is heavenly. From Mount Hermon, the 9,000-foot peak in the north side of Israel, in the snow-capped mountains, all the way to Mount Zion, the 2,000-foot mountain where there is no precipitation. From Mount Hermon to Mount Zion, from Howard Dean to Mike Huckabee, from Catholic to Protestant, from Evangelical to Mormon, we as human beings can't pull that off, but God can. And one reason why I know personally that God can is because in recent weeks, I have met all of you. And in my conversations with you, I have heard wonderful sharing about Catholics being married to Baptists. At the table, there were people from New Jersey and there were people from Georgia. There were people from all different kinds and streams of Christian tradition. And in hearing some of those rich conversations, my sense is that I felt right at home. For recently, as you might imagine, in beginning a new church, I've been reading all of the liturgy and uh, research about what it is that I should be doing in my first 10 weeks with all of you. And much of the research suggests that on Sunday morning, in my sharing with you in messages, I need to be intentionally personal. And I will tell you that in hearing your stories, I have personally felt most at home. I grew up attending an Episcopal-affiliated school where I garnered such an appreciation for the liturgy. Oh God, we beseech thee to watch over. I then navigated my way into a Presbyterian college where I learned how important it was not to leave my brain at the door of the church. From there, I moved into a United Methodist-affiliated seminary with a great basketball team. And I began to start pastoring in that tradition where I garnered an amazing appreciation for John Wesley and his teaching about grace. From there, I attended a cooperative Baptist-affiliated seminary. And I even, for nine months as a designated minister, pastored a cooperative Baptist church. And from those people, I garnered an appreciation for matters of the heart. Two UCC churches coached me along the way and offered me a path forward into how my faith is made manifest socially and extending unconditional love to everyone, and I mean everyone. And yes, yes, amidst it all, I fell in love with a Catholic. And from that experience, I garnered the importance of how God moves in and through tradition. Some might say that my spiritual journey was confusing. I say it was a blessing. For part of what I've been learning as your minister over the past three weeks is that God might have known what God was doing all along to prepare me for pastoring in this place. For what I have heard from all of you is about differences of faith background, about interest in that which is interfaith, about heritage and growing up in churches that are very, very different, about exploring the faith and about having faith and the differences in between, different politics, different ways of thinking and visioning. But amidst it all, 
what I have sensed is a core common conviction about unity. And that has been a blessing to me. And so it is that I leave you echoing the words of King David in this psalm. When we continue in that direction of seeking unity within the family of God, heaven on earth enters our lives. How good and precious it is when God's followers seek unity. As you go from this place, may you seek unity with others and may more heaven come to earth in your life. But first, a benediction. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warmly on your face. May the rain fall softly on your fields. And until we all meet again, may the Lord Jesus Christ hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Go in peace.